0: Hi guys, my name's Jason, and this is the UK Money Podcast. Now, very excited today because I've got a another really interesting guest to bring you guys. Um, obviously, the majority of the episodes I talk about investing, personal finance, that sort of thing. But you know, I can talk about that stuff all day, every day. And at the end of at the end of the day, if you're not earning enough to be able to invest, or you're struggling with getting your career going, or you've got a business that you're looking to grow, you know you're not gonna have the spare cash flow, you're not gonna be able to develop the ability to be able to invest, to be able to make the most of your money. So part of what I want to start bringing you guys is some more content around that, around how to earn more, the things that you can be doing to either level level yourself up with your career or whether that's starting a business and that sort of thing. So today I have been joined by Amelia Sordell. And Amelia is the, um, what would you call yourself? The founder, the CEO. Don't know what your title is uh, exactly, but uh, you run Clout, which is a personal branding agency. Really good to have you on the podcast, Amelia.
1: Thanks for having me, Jason. Yeah, founder. I'm not founder. really into Go. the like, am I allowed to swear? I'm not really into like Go the, for wa- the wanky job titles. <laughs>
0: Wanky is not really a swear word, anyway. I say that. I all don't, the time. I'm
1: Australian, so I don't think <laughs> yeah. it is. But, you know, just most people in the UK would probably count that as swear.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it's really good to have you on board. I, I um, actually first came across you in what it would have been kind of when lock, the first lockdown really was kind of taking off 2020. You were doing these LinkedIn lives, um, and that was that was awesome. I found a lot of uh, a lot of value there in, in for someone like myself who, who'd never really done much on social media in terms of you know professionally, other than posting pictures of my lunch and stuff like that. Um, so I found that really useful. I've kind of been keeping keeping tabs on the business and what you've been doing on on social media um, since then. So I guess to start with, it would be really good to get a, a bit of a sense of, you know, we all know what a brand is. We all know Nike or, or, you know, Adidas and and HSBC and all that. But when it comes to a personal brand, you know, maybe if we could start by you giving us a bit of an overview of, of what actually is a personal brand.
1: Okay. So everyone has a personal brand, whether you have been proactively building it or, proactively sharing pictures of your lunch or not of your lunch otherwise everyone has a personal brand and your personal brand essentially is your reputation it's the thing that people think of you and say things of you whilst you're not in the room it's it's the perception that people have of you and the value or not value that you you potentially can bring um the whole point of personal branding and the whole point of kind of sharing content and and adding that value out into the ecosystem is to shape what that looks like so like I I by default will have a reputation with some people it might be that they um, bumped into me in the supermarket and I wasn't very nice to them or it might be that I helped them out in some way and so they have a really great kind of thought process of, of who I am as a person when I share content online and I'm adding value and I'm being kind and I'm you know being the person that I am with my friends but at scale that then shapes my personal brand and my reputation to being a positive one a one where people can like you've just said there like I came across your lives like it's kind of shaped in your head that I am the personal branding expert because that's the content that I've been putting out. So that's what personal branding is. In, in essence, it's your reputation. The act of personal branding is just shaping what that looks like.
0: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So the, the key term there is at scale really. So it's just being yourself, but being yourself to people you're not sitting face to face with.
1: Yeah. I mean, so the, like, I guess kind of the journey for me in, in personal branding, or at least with my personal brand was I, I was getting DMs from people. So context, I used to work as a, a recruitment marketeer. I was a um, in-house agency, B2B marketing person. And I learned very quickly that, you know, our recruiters were our product. So it's a lot easier for me to market the recruiters than it was to market the company. Um, and we had a lot of success with, with our, um, our recruiters sharing content. And so I started doing it as well to kind of prove to them that this was a good idea. Um, cause anyone that's met recruiters, they will not listen to you uh, if you're uh, in marketing. So I was like, right, well, I'm going to prove how easy this whole personal branding thing is and do it myself. It wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be, but I did do it. Um, and so I started kind of building up a following of say 8,000 followers, 10,000 followers, 12,000 followers. And all of a sudden, although I was talking about recruitment, marketing things and marketing things more broadly and employee engagement things on LinkedIn, people started DMing me being like, Hey, how did you get 12,000 followers? How, how did you get that video to go viral? What, like, where did you get that idea from? And so instead of me answering those messages one-on-one in my DMs, I was like, how can I do this one-to-many? Because I get the same question all the time. Like constantly, every day, someone was asking the same thing. I was like, this is not a good ROI for me to be spending time going back to everyone. So I'm just gonna start sharing content about how I did it. And all of a sudden, my brand went from like eight to 10,000 followers to like 20,000 followers in like a, a, a space of a few months because people were drawn to... This personal branding I guess questions that I was answering at scale to go back to the point that you were making about at scale and that's what personal branding is it's you building relationships with people at scale it's one to many you can't do that one-on-one on the phone you can't do that by having an email you know sequence with someone you can't do that by networking at an event but you can do that online and I think that's personally that's why personal branding excites me so much because it means I can build these relationships with people but it is at scale and I am such a like I'm like, you know, out and out entrepreneur. I'm like, what what is the biggest ROI we can get on this? <laughs> like, yeah, like sure. if I'm going to say this thing, where can I say it that's going to get the most reach? What well, where can I go and invest in that thing that's going to make me the most money back? And so it made a lot of sense to me that, that personal branding was the one. And obviously I've ended up launching a business that kind of does it for other people, so.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I think, yeah, I mean, that's obviously, it's obviously working very well for you as an entrepreneur. Like I was saying just before we, hit record that I've seen the growth of the business over what seems like a a relatively short space of time. So do you, for the clients you work with, obviously, I'm sure a lot of them are entrepreneurs. Um, A term I heard not that long ago, which I quite like is intrapreneur, which is the idea of someone who is still wanting to grow a personal brand and kind of have their own voice, but within another organization, whether that is a startup or whether that's a more traditional sort of business. Uh, Are many of your, your clients kind of in that boat or do you tend to skew towards people like yourself who are entrepreneurs?
1: it's a good question actually so we have kind of two two bags of clients we have the entrepreneur of three i should say we have the entrepreneurs the founders the directors the ceos c-level people who are probably co-founders of a business um small startups all the way up to larger organizations that employ say five six hundred people we then ha- and they're doing this for a number of reasons they might be, want to be attract you know better talent to come and work for them maybe they want to be known as the expert in their space. Maybe they have an exit strategy and they want to build their personal brand up. So when they do exit, they've got opportunities at the other side, or, you know, maybe they want to do it from a lead generation perspective, like that, you know, they know that people sell, you know, people buy from people, but more importantly, they buy people from they trust. So building that trust mm-hmm. is really important for them. The second bucket we have are kind of the Fortune 500s, the, the FTSE 250s, and they are, you know, these enormous behemoth titanic businesses that really need help from their employer branding strategy. So we're working with their leadership teams to, you know build out their human presence online and then you have the third bucket which is companies that we may or may not already be working with the founder but see the value of doing this so much so they want us to help their team do it and so in that bucket we're doing like you know how to build your personal brand strategy workshops and like all that kind of stuff But we've also started doing this thing. And this is, by the way, you don't need to pay an agency to do this. You can do this yourself, right? If you're within a business, you work for someone else currently, or you're running a small business and you employ a small team, you can do this yourself. Um, We create what we call personal branding hubs. So every month we'll chuck a bunch of content into this hub. And we send an email out to the employees within that business and say, hey guys, content's ready. Here's what you're sharing today. Well, here's what you're okay. sharing tomorrow or here's what you're sharing the next week and it will have a, a, a caption suggestion so it's in the right tone of voice it's in the brand tone of voice it's using the emojis that the brand wants to use it's you know sassy or maybe it's not sassy it's zero, like whatever it is but it has a very clear personality so everyone will be comfortable in sharing it on their own page because it's not like corporate marketing approved vanilla bullshit mm-hmm. um and then it means that it takes away the whole blocker for people of knowing what to say Cause that like, that's a big part of why people don't do this is because they don't Mm. know what to say. And so by creating these content hubs, these personal branding content hubs for your employees or for the company that you're working with, or at least you being the champion of doing that in the company that you're working with, that then makes it so easy because it's not then you're not relying on your own brain, your own copywriting skills, your own video editing skills, your own canvas skills, et cetera. You have this amazing hub of stuff, which may or may not already be repurposed from blogs you have on your website or something that the founder said, or you know, a team event that you just did with some pictures, like it might be those things, but that's fine. You're still building a personal brand around being known for, you know, whatever it is that you want to be known for, which might be you're the expert SaaS salesperson within Microsoft, or like mm. whatever it might be. So that those are kind of the three buckets of people that we work with. So absolutely to your point about um, being an introvert, like you, I actually think it's really, really, really bad if companies don't encourage their employees to build their personal brand. There's this whole scarcity thing around, oh, but what if they leave? And I'm like, yeah, but what if they don't build their personal brand and they stay? Like individuals mm. have 10 times the reach of a company brand. So if you're yeah. a company that's stopping that reach because you have such a trust issue mindset, you are going to lose. Because not only are you telling your team that you're worried about what they're going to say, you're telling them that you don't trust them. And that's mm. a really big problem. So if you're worried about what your team are going to say, I'd say you have less of a problem with your team and more of a problem with your hiring process.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that's that's definitely key. I think brands can be very protective to the point of their detriment, can't they? But you know, I think regardless of the brand, I mean the example I've been using in my own head is like if Nike had a podcast, I really wouldn't have any interest in in listening to that because it's a corporate podcast. Even though I like the brand, if LeBron James started a podcast, hell yeah, I'd be listening to that. You know what I mean? Because it's the person you connect with, not the not the company. Even if you have positive feelings towards a company, it's kind of like a nebulous sort of thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, 100%. Well, like look at Jordans. They're like the biggest selling sneaker in the world, and they're built around mm. one guy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, uh, uh, there is not another style of Nike sneaker that is sold like Jordan's and that's because people buy into Jordan. Not he, he could do that same style of sneaker with any brand, any brand, and they would sell like they have because they buy into Jordan, not Nike.
0: Mm. I think I, actually I was listening to a podcast yesterday that was using a similar example. They were using the example of, they were saying that Yeezys are the only kind of um, sneaker that outsells Jordans. And again, it's a Kanye West thing, isn't it? It's not an Adidas thing. Like, yeah, you well, can he link was with it Nike. to Adidas, but yeah. He was
1: with Nike and then he moved to Adidas. So it just, it just proves what I've just said. Like you, mm. you, you, that person could have a brand with whoever.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And they would sell because people buy into, it's, it's buy, the thing is people buy from people. Yes, we all know that saying, but people buy into people because they buy into a lifestyle. They buy into dreams. They buy into painkillers. They buy into, I can relate to that person. Mm. Um, and that's why people sell better than brands. Yeah. It's really hard so, to sell a brand as a lifestyle.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, you said there about some of the, the work you're doing with, with the hubs and that sort of thing. If, if you've got someone who is either an entrepreneur or they're just kind of wanting to do this themselves, you know, to, to boost their own career prospects, get more people noticing them on social media, that sort of thing. Where do you suggest people start? So I'm someone who I'm keen to make the most of my career. I'm kind of never use social media really professionally very much. Where, what's kind of the first thing you say, look, that's what you should, you should have a crack at first.
1: Well, first of all, it depends on what you want to be known for and to whom. So mm-hmm. LinkedIn isn't the be all and end all. Obviously, I've got a pretty strong profile on LinkedIn. I think I'm on 70,000 followers or something now. Um, Instagram, I'm on two and a half. Twitter, same um tiktok a little bit over that but it's all about who do you want to like who do you want to know who you are and what do you want to be known for and i think knowing that fundamentally you have to you have to know that before you can build any kind of brand because there's no point in sharing amazing content on linkedin if no one's going to see it so Mm. getting super clear on that is really important Um, And it might be, hey, like, you know, you want to be known as the, you know, the the personal finance guy. Maybe that's what you want to be known to. And like before we came on this podcast, you were like, you know, my audience is is this kind of audience. So you're super clear on who you what you want to be known for and to whom. So then you go, right, cool. Where are those people? Okay, they're on LinkedIn, they're on Twitter. So you narrow that down, I think, personally to one channel to start with, because who the hell has time? Tonight. Yeah. more than yeah. one channel like i barely have time to brush my teeth in the morning least of all worry <laughs> about all these friggin' social media channels that are available to us um so what go go for one channel first when you've nailed that channel you can then expand but i would always recommend and i'm by the way i'm 70 followers that grand, um 70, followers deep on linkedin i'm only just expanding out of that. so okay. take of that what you will um and then from there you need to start thinking about okay cool this is what I want to be known for. And this is who I want to be known, who who I want people to know me. What can I say to those people that will pique their interest? Nine times out of 10, what you think is obvious and what you think is not good enough is gold to them. So small things like, I don't know, like I get like to my point earlier, like I get asked questions all the time in my DMs about stuff. I turn those into posts mm-hmm. because I'm like, if one person thinks that's interesting to them, there's a good chance that a lot of other people will think it's interesting too um you know what are the things that your clients ask you all the time we used to work with um a recruitment agency on their personal branding strategies a company branding strategy and the one thing that we started getting them to do was putting some questions at the end of every reg form for every candidate and every client that they could then get extract information from that person to then turn into content so it'd be like what was the last meeting you walked out of why when was the last time you called bullshit why What's the most Mm -hmm. underrated thing in your industry? Why? What's the most overrated thing in your industry? Why? And so every single time they had one of those conversations, bearing in mind there was like 70 recruiters in this business, they'd be regging, you know, five to 10 people a day. That's a lot of bloody content. So stuff that seems really obvious to you is gold to other people. So just start talking about it. What's the stuff that people ask you all the time? Personal stories. Do not be afraid to be personal on social media. That's the reason why people are there, to socialise. Don't fall into this trap of LinkedIn is a professional platform, therefore I have to be professional. You know, you can be professional, have a personality. And actually, in my experience, it's better if you have a personality. Because I don't know if you've ever been in a meeting with someone who's dry as fuck. And mm. you just think, I'd like, I like literally have no alignment to this person whatsoever. That's how people yeah. feel when they come across content that has no personality. They have that same adverse reaction. So bring your personalities, that's the foundations. Practically, um, if we're talking about a platform like LinkedIn, um, I would start by commenting on other people's stuff so I think a lot of people think, oh, I need to be posting content to be valuable. No, you don't. You just have to be engaged and just add value to other people's conversations if that's all you mm. want to do. Um, so one of the things that we teach is, is go and find some influencers in your space. So I don't mean like people that are your competitors. I mean, who are the people that your customer or audience, ideal audience would be following? So for me, it would be like a Stephen Bartlett, a Don McGregor, a Katie Leeson, yeah. a Sarah Blakely, you know, entrep- Gary Vee, people that are entrepreneurs that have entrepreneurs following them would be mm-hmm. my ideal um, influencer so I've bookmarked all their activity feeds on my on my Chrome and every day I just pop in and, and leave them a comment on their most recent post and I try and add as much value to that discussion as humanly possible and you know people respond to me they like they don't like they disagree which is great because it means I'm having an engaging engaged conversation with individuals that I otherwise would not have had access to because they're in someone else's network And then they then come and follow me because they've had that engaging or maybe infuriating conversation. So starting off by leaving comments on other people's stuff is really powerful and it builds your confidence, which then means you will then get to a point where you want to start sharing content. And a really good way of doing that is just repurposing the comments that you've left that have done well. And you can just continually do that. Like four of my best performing posts have all been copied and pasted comments that I've left on other people's posts. Brilliant. Practically, that's where I would start if you have no idea what you're doing.
0: Okay. And in terms of, I mean, obviously contextual on the platform, I suppose, whichever one you're kind of have picked as your main one, but as a kind of broad general rule, how often should people be posting or, or commenting or, or actually on their phones doing this stuff?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's no silver bullet answer, right? Like, so every platform's different. I post every day on LinkedIn, most most of the time, twice a day. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. It's not for everyone. This is my business. I am a personal branding agency, so it was my job to be making sure that I'm doing that. Um, I also have um, a very stringent process that we have built <laughs> as an agency. So I treat myself like a client. So I have a content plan, which I never mm-hmm. used to have. I used to literally just have, in fact, I can show you on my phone now. I literally have thousands of notes in my phone right. of like where I've had an idea and dictated yeah. it into my phone. It's just thousands. I need to go back through them because there'll be some gold stuff in there that I just have forgotten. you got a about. book there. you got yeah, a book Yeah, there. Oh, for, for sure. sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, so I post twice a day on LinkedIn every day, so seven days a week. I don't really post twice on the weekend. I'll do one one, one per day on the weekend. Um, But realistically, I think if you're gonna make any kind of splash on LinkedIn, you need to be posting at least four times a week. Okay. Because LinkedIn really rewards consistency and it's Mm -hmm. hard to build consistency when you're only posting like once or twice. Um, Mm -hmm. And also like, you've got to think that your audience on LinkedIn, only three to 5% of them actually see your content. So you've got to be peppering them a little bit in order to kind of like penetrate that audience that you've already, you've already um acquired whether it's two followers or twenty thousand, right um Mm. so that'll be on linkedin like the other platforms i'm not going to profess to be an expert on i have people within my team that are the expert on we have a linkedin um sorry an instagram expert on our team like one of our team members is amazing on tiktok like she just every post that she does for us just seems to go viral it's unbelievable (laughs) how she's done it um but for those like it seems to be less about consistency and more about like trends. So like jumping on like, like TikTok, for example, you can post once a week and go viral once a week, but you just have to consistently know what is trending. But What I've realized that it's the same with every single platform is people wanna understand you and they wanna be understood. So if you can communicate your message in a really clear and simple way that is relatable to whoever it is that you're trying to communicate that to, that's the recipe like Mm. that the end and i know that sounds really really simple because it is and it's like that simple and that hard (laughs) like trying to communicate your message in a way that's really simple and easy to understand from people is really hard and that's why there's only a few people in the world um who have big followings who have managed to crack that code so yeah very different for every platform i can speak a lot about linkedin the other platforms i i don't want to say the wrong thing so
0: yeah so i mean linkedin's a good example because it's the professional platform uh, platform inverted commas kind of getting not less professional but less formal i would say as time goes on um you've said just before about having personality obviously is really important and even if you're a salaried employee working for someone i saw a a instagram post you put up about you know the only type of um, bad content is vanilla content i thought that was really good um how do i mean obviously it's a judgment call but do you have any advice for people who are looking to to tread that line because something that i've come across personally so um you mentioned about being australian obviously i'm as well i swear like a trooper in my day-to-day life and i obviously tone that down significantly um even on on in written form or or spoken obviously whoever i'm I'm dealing with day-to-day i don't swear much at all and um i've kind of let it slip into my content a bit more because that is more about who i am but even the odd f-bomb that ends up on my twitter feed there will be people who give me some shit about it um whether that's people i know like family and stuff in my day-to-day life or even people professionally kind of giving me a little oh that was interesting that tweet with that little f-bomb in it so uh, do you have any advice for people who are kind of trying to tread that line between being themselves showing themselves authentically but also trying to not piss too many people off at the same time or do you just have to piss people off and understand that that's part of the game
1: so there's two answers to this and they're slightly contradictions but slight contradictions well but i'll say them anyway the amazing thing about your personality is it attracts the people that it want it wants to attract and repels the people that you don't want to attract so mm-hmm. like no offense to your family or whatever but like they are not your target audience do you <laughs> know what i mean like like yeah yeah love my dad to death if he saw the kind of stuff that i tweet he'd probably be like amelia what are you doing <laughs> um but i'm not trying to attract him i'm trying to attract people that are interested in working with me and a lot a big part of who i am whether you like it or not is i swear a lot and it's not intentional it's just who i am it's how i communicate right um however on some platforms that is more it's more of a problem than on others instagram I will I will drop c bombs and be totally okay with that <laughs>
0: yeah. because that's
1: that's the kind of language that I use. That's how I communicate with my team, with my clients, like etc. Mm-hmm. Um, Inst- uh, Twitter, same thing. Totally okay with it because I feel like it's that kind of a platform. LinkedIn, I very rarely swear, um, and I think mainly because I understand that. LinkedIn is basically like going to a conference, a, a work conference where you've never met anyone before and you're there to kind of schmooze and network and all those things. It's very unlikely that I would ever go to a conference and start swearing at people that I've I'd met yeah, before. But yeah. if I knew you, I would. So mm-hmm. I think you have to understand that, you know, people that follow me on Instagram probably already know me or want to get to know me. Um, people that follow me on Twitter, same thing, a little bit more conversational on linkedin it's kind of a business platform and therefore the networking side of it is a lot more it's it's like so if you think of it in in different layers of your personality linkedin is the first time you've met your new client or a prospective Mm -hmm. new client um twitter is is perhaps um you know the third or fourth time that you've met someone and maybe you've been on a couple of dates with them and they know you a little bit but not really well instagram is your best mate so how would you communicate with your best mate on it like so that's kind of how i see it i kind of view my personal brand as a little bit like a department store and the higher you go up, you know the lift is is more layers that you you peel back and it, Twitter um, LinkedIn's definitely kind of the most well behaved of all <laughs> of them. um but I still do drop a few as well like if it's appropriate and just drop it a yeah, few of course. times. and hey, like as I said, like my personality and your personality and all of our personalities is so beautiful because it does repel who you want it to repel and it attracts who you want it to attract. and to be honest, if you're, if you don't want to follow me or don't want to work with me or whatever, because I swear, then you're not my fucking people anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: like, exactly, exactly. I think it's um, and I think that's the freedom of being an entrepreneur as well, isn't it? Is that it gives oh, you the freedom to really. work with people who you want to work with.
1: No, it's your personality is actually the best thing ever because it like it really is the filter. It's 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 and 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 your personal brand as a result is that like I, I have people who really dislike me, like have a ve- like really strong opinion about the. That's when you they know you've made like it, me, it, isn't it? Which yeah. is great because it means I don't ever have to interact with them. Like it's brilliant. I love it. And I think if you can get to it, and I know this sounds really um, easy for me to say, cause I am at a point where I genuinely don't care whether people like me or not. It's like, it's a very weird kind of state of sort of social media Nirvana where you couldn't give a crap whether people think your content is awesome yeah. or it not As long as it's reaching the people that I want it to reach and, in, and it intend to reach, then I'm I'm totally okay with that. Um, And I appreciate that's a very privileged place to be in and it's taken me a lot of effort to get there. However, if you can put in that work to understand that your opinion of you matters way more than anyone else's opinion of you, then you'll be in a much better spot. And that goes for social media or in your day-to-day life.
0: Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode. I just wanted to jump in quickly to let you know about something I'm really excited about. And that is the launch of my new weekly newsletter, The Hedge. Now we are bombarded with information, news and content every minute of every day, and a lot of it is contradictory or pretty hard to understand. So I've decided to do all the hard work for you. Every week, I'll be sifting through the social feeds and news websites to pick out what I believe are the biggest opportunities, the biggest problems, and the most interesting trends and ideas that you need to know. It's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up, you can find the link in the show notes or go to thehedge.io. So um, I listened to your not remember which podcast it was, but I um listened to you on a podcast uh, a few weeks back and one of the things you said I thought was interesting and that is, well, let me start, let me go back a bit and say that, you know, one of the toughest things that I found with this is if you've never shared stuff like that before, if you've never shared your kind of true personality professionally, it can be quite daunting, right? Because you're kind of putting yourself out there, you're being vulnerable with it and you gave a tip to, to, on this podcast that said that one of the ways was to get over this was to always ask for a discount. and. Could you share that with with me, what with the listeners of, of that kind of tactic to getting over that kind of oh, squeaky bum time that you get from posting something scary?
1: Yeah, I'm quirky. I, I enjoy being scared. So like, like most people, when they have their New Year's resolutions, they go, I want to do this this year. I want to do that this year. My New Year's resolution is always the same. Do everything that scares you. Um, and so of course that then leads me down all these weird rabbit holes of like trying to find ways of, o- to overcome fear of like the thing that I need to do next. So one thing that I read, I can't remember where I read it, but I read it somewhere and it said, if you want to build confidence or if you want to build, um, I think it was actually resilience or, or to remove the fear of failure or remove the fear of being told no, you should go and ask people for free stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, go into H&M and be like, can I have a free t-shirt? And they are going to be like, no, you be nuts. <laughs> of course you can't. And so my brain was like, well, that's a little bit stupid because no one's ever going to say yes to me on this. But I like the challenge. So I kind of flipped it a little bit and was like, right, well, I'm going to go and ask for a discount. So every time, like when I was trying to build up my confidence to really have an opinion online, because it took a while, right? Like you kind of dip your feet in the water. You dip your feet in the water. You share a few things. You go a bit deep. One person says they don't they don't agree with you, and all of a sudden you're kind of back on the on the shore again. Um, so I was like, right, I need I need to get over this because not everyone's going to like me. I understand that, but my, I need to train my brain to think this. So every morning when I used to go on my morning commute, I would go to my coffee get my coffee at the coffee shop, a little kiosk next to the train station, and I'd say, "Can I have 25p off?" And every single day he'd go, "No," <laughs> like every single <laughs> day. Megan. Every day I'd ask him. Yeah, yeah. So I'd go back to the same guy who would who had said no to me the day before, again, can I have 25 feet off? No, <laughs> like, and, and then all of a sudden, like I did this for like two weeks and then he was just like, okay. And I was like, oh my God. I'm winning. <laughs> and so that gave me then the confidence to do it everywhere. So I'd go into like Zara and be like, can I have 10% off? And they'd be like, why? And I'd be like, because. <laughs> and then all of a sudden people would start saying, actually, yeah, you can. Cause they're actually like, side note, they're actually like allowed to give you 10% off on mm-hmm. anything. Right, In any okay. store. That's like the max that any kind of cashier can give okay. you. Um so it it was kind of this resilience that I was building up. It wasn't it wasn't really about the discount, like who the hell needs twenty five P off a coffee, but it was about the fact that I was being told no and yet I was still asking. Yeah. I was still every day asking, asking, asking. Um, another tip as well was I'd walk down the street. My good friend Victoria Rush gave me this tip when because she had she has she well, she had, I don't know if she does it anymore. But she had a really successful podcast. And I was like, oh, I really want to get into video content. Like, how can I do that? She was like, walk down the street with your headphones in and video yourself selfie style in front of everyone. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can't do that. And she was like, yeah, you can. She was like, everyone will think you're stupid, but you do it. Yeah. And I did it. And it really, really helps build your confidence. Because after the, th- the first time you're like, oh my God, everyone's staring at me. This is really awkward. Da, da, da. Second time you're like, actually, not that many people are staring at me. Third time, don't give a shit fourth time, give even less of a shit. And so you get to a point where actually you don't care what anyone thinks. And being in a a position where you're really confident in no is really, really powerful because then you stop focusing on the no and then you start focusing on the yes. So top tip for anyone that's lacking in confidence, ask for a discount on your morning coffee, ask for 10% off at Zara next time you're in, ask for a free croissant when you're in Starbucks. Like, whatever you can ask for, ask for stuff that is unlikely, but could happen. Possible, Yeah. Yeah. Cause you'll be told no and that's fine. That's what we want. We want to build that muscle, but you might get told yes. And it's when you get told yes, cause you've asked so often that really builds your confidence. So yeah. Ask for a discount is the biggest hack to building confidence. And walking down the street with your headphones and looking. like Yeah. A I mean,
0: that one's an interesting one, isn't it? Cause like, um, a friend of my wife's is a, she's, not a writer, but she's about to release a book and it's, it's it's big publishing house and it's like probably going to be quite successful. Um, and we're chatting about the fact that, you know, when you've made it, people always say stuff to you, like, oh, I always knew you'd, you know, make something yourself. I always knew you'd be something. But if they see you, you know, if you become an influencer or have a big YouTube channel or uh, become a very successful entrepreneur, people are very quick to say, oh, I always knew you'd make it. But if they see you doing stuff like that, people are also very quick to say, what are you doing that for, you idiot? You know? So it's about, get, it's about pushing through that, isn't
1: it? 100%. And actually, I fully believe that like, your biggest skeptics will probably be your closest friends and family because they don't understand what you're doing. Mm. Um, most people that are an entrepreneur, like your friend who's a writer... It's a very off-the-cuff thing to do. Most people don't go and start their own business. Most people don't go and write their own book. Least of all, get it published at a publishing house. And so people can't put you in a box. And when people can't put you in a box, it's not because they're not good friends. It's not because they're yeah. not nice people. It's because they don't understand what to do with you. So yeah. I've, I have had like, you know, 18 months of this now, of friends not understanding why I couldn't go to that thing on Saturday or why I can't be flexible and go and do a play date. And like all, the, all these things, they're not really understanding what I do. like so you run a marketing agency right and i'm like yeah we do this we do that and they're like oh yeah okay and then they'll just tell their friends that she runs a marketing agency because they have no idea what it is that i do (laughs) um and that's fine but they don't need to understand what i do um all they need to do is just be my friend and whatever but there is definitely a thing of like oh i knew you'd be something yeah everyone loves everyone loves to kind of feel like they had a hand in your success as well yeah totally um when actually they haven't, they haven't had a single shred. And as I said earlier, like I think some of your biggest skeptics can be the people closest to you because they love you and they want you to do well. And sometimes, you know, you've got to take a risk in order to do well and they don't want you to take those risks because it means you land on your ass. But people do like being a part. Like I have people popping out of the woodwork now being like, oh, I saw you in that magazine. Like they are doing really well. Oh, I always knew you'd be something didn't. Yeah, like, mm. you bloody didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you say, it's not,
0: <laughs> like you say, it's not always, you know, often it does come from a place of love, doesn't it? I think that's a good, really good point. They don't want you to take a risk.
1: Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't think people consciously think like, I don't think people consciously try and kind of rain on your parade. By well, saying sometimes
0: they do. Let's be honest. Some do, but the Some ones do closest to you don't. Like, I mean, yeah. Most people that say, oh, yeah. I knew you yeah.
1: always be something. They, 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 that's like your mom, your dad, your best friend, yeah. yeah. you know, someone you went to school with who, it's coming from a good place, but realistically, they had no idea. Like, yeah. And actually, they probably tried to talk you out of the thing that you've been successful in, probably.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you mentioned there the business has been going around 18 months. Is that right?
1: Uh, how long have we been going now? August, September, October, 14 months. Okay. 14 months,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's not long, is it? But um, yeah. obviously, uh, you know, like I said, I follow you on, on social media. You've, I think you've moved office about nine times because you keep <laughs> outgrowing them. Yeah, we keep um, outgrowing the office. What's uh, – could you share some of the successes you're seeing with with the clients? So what what's we obviously yeah. talked a lot today about um what personal branding is, some of the things it can be good for. What are you kind of seeing in practice from some of the people you're working with?
1: Gosh, loaded question. Um we so we work with so like we are industry agnostic. So we work mm-hmm. with everything from um NEDs to you know CEOs of Sorry, f- what's of, NED? like a non-exec director oh, right. someone okay, yeah. that goes into a business and sits on the board and gets paid a fee and yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, all the way through to, you know, the CEO of a FinTech, um, a uh, the CMO of like a fortune 500 business, like very, 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 very different people, but also very, very different audiences in different industries. Um, but the thing that always, always, always does well is when people tell really personal stories um it doesn't have to be like inspirational or you know like oh you know i overcame, i got eaten, nearly eaten by a lion and i overcame it and then decided to become a. Th-. like you see all that kind of crap on linkedin all the time like it's the, it's the <laughs> stuff that like makes people look human like we have one client that um that faced a lot of uh he had he has three kids and he was alienated from them for a long time and him sharing his story and just be like listen like you guys see me as this person on LinkedIn, as this business owner who you know, built a 40 million pound business. i am actually been dealing with this for the last three years. Mm. That just blew up because people were like, oh my God, me too. I can totally relate to you now. Like it's not, it doesn't have to just, your your personal brand is, every, it's not just your job. It's all of you. Yeah, You need to give people something. They got to get to know you, right? Um, So the human stories always do really well. In terms of like client wins, I mean, gosh, we the same NAD I was just talking about. We've made him 300 grand this year in 100% wow. in, inbound. 100% mm-hmm. inbound. He hasn't sent a single message out. He hasn't um, sold anything. People are just coming to him saying, I've seen your content. You're for me. How can yeah, I work? That's for awesome. You? Um, we have another client who um, saw double the careers page visits within 30 days of working with us um, that they'd ever seen, ever. Because right. people, like, and the, obviously the purpose of what they, the reason they were doing it was because they wanted to get more applications of higher quality candidates and build their employer brand, et cetera. Um, and, and how we managed to do that was we just, we just said, right, like, well, what do you want to be known for? And they were like, well, you know, like, I really enjoy leading and leading a team. We're like, cool, let's talk about that. So mm-hmm. all their content was all about leadership and, you know, what they're doing differently and what their culture's like. and. What are their benefits and why they have those benefits and why, uh, why a culture can be negative and positive. And, you know, all these things that this person speaks about day in, day out with their team, we now share online. And of course, everyone raves about it because it's really interesting. Um, I don't think there is any kind of um, one type of content that does well, like in terms of medium, video, video poll, text, flipbook, etc., It's all about just finding what works for you. Some of our clients don't like video and quite honestly would be terrible at it Mm -hmm. because they're just not comfortable. Um, Equally, we have some clients that are terrible explainers of things. So, you know, if we left it to their own devices to write their own content, no one would like it because they'd get to the point like 15 paragraphs deep. So it's about understanding humans um their stories within us being sort of the google translator and translating it in a way that other people can understand it and relate to it online so yeah human stories just tell your story and don't be afraid of holding back because that's what really will make people want to buy it it's personal right we, yeah. feel like we spend so much time focusing on the branding bit of personal branding we forget that it's personal mm. and that's that's the most important bit
0: yeah totally look you've been um really generous with your time today so i appreciate it there's one one last um kind of Thing to float out there which is a bit it's a bit esoteric so i don't expect you to necessarily even have a, have a good answer for me but i um just saw this announcement obviously yesterday with facebook changing the name to meta um their whole they're kind of buying in pretty heavy into the metaverse and the, the online gaming nfts all the kind of stuff and I, i've kind of made a tenuous link myself between this um, trend we're seeing of more uh, industries going freelance, you know, there's becoming more and more a, a focus on on the gig economy and that sort of stuff. And it just kind of occurred to me that what we're potentially seeing is is the importance of personal branding just kind of really going crazy because, you know, at the moment, you have to be very conscious to pull yourself out of what is the norm to work on your personal brand, which is what we've kind of talked about. But if, you know, if the metaverse and kind of this online universe starts to take off, it will get to a point where we all, well, the majority of us will literally sit down with a list of things and pick our attributes, pick what we look like to actually, you know, be very conscious about what we're putting out there. Do you think, I mean, obviously you do with the business, but I'd be keen to get your thoughts on the future of personal branding and how this is going to grow and become more important over time.
1: I mean, look, like. We I'm, I'm really into crypto, so like this is very interesting to me. Um, yeah, I, I am of the view that in 10 years time, um, we will be in a position where it doesn't matter where in the world you work, you can get the job that you want. Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter in the work, you know, where in the world you are, um, you have equal access or potentially equal access to wealth or to build wealth. Yeah. Um, and I think the, wor- the way in which we're going is really flattening the world. Um, which is a good thing right because it means we will have more opportunities and and but it also means that it's going to be much more saturated there's going to be a lot of Mm -hmm. other people who are as good as you maybe even better than you um, that potentially could take the roles slash you know things that you are currently doing yourself so building a personal brand I actually think is a strategic imperative because in a world which becomes very flat it's really hard to stick, it's really hard to be the one that's kind of standing up and, and the one that stands out because there's so many of us. Like at the moment, it's kind of easy to stand out as a as a as a worker. Let's use the example you said there with freelance. It's really easy yeah. to stand out now because if you're bloody good at what you do and you've got lots of happy clients, you're just getting loads of referrals. But yeah. there's a good chance that the original person that hired you that helped you get all those referrals hired you because of your location, because of your previous work experience, because they knew you before, because you were the top mm-hmm. of the search list on Google. Like, there'll be a reason why you, why you came about each other, right? Um, and that's mainly because the talent pool of whatever they were looking for is a lot smaller. When you flatten the world and you bring the metaverse and you bring freelance and you bring Gitcoin, you bring crypto, you bring smart contracts, you bring all these things into it. All of a sudden, you're not the only person in the talent pool they have access to. There are a hundred thousand other yous there. So what are you doing to stand out? You've got to build your personal brand. That's what's going to make people buy from you. That's what's going to have. You need to be the option, not an option. Um, Mm. And that's what personal branding does. So yeah, there's a lot of really good positives, I think, that come out of the digital world that we're moving into. I think there's also some negatives as well. Um, you know, I think we're at a point <laughs> a point where most of us would probably, um, not myself, but a lot of people would happily just live in the metaverse their entire life if it wasn't for, <laughs> you know, 80% of their body function has to come from movement. Like, I think yeah. there, there are certain human beings that would happily, like, you know, get if they could figure out a way of getting their body to survive without walking, like, I think <laughs> they probably would. Um, and I don't that's think right. that's a good thing, but... There are a lot of positives that that I think can come out of this. And I think Facebook, it's a very, very clever move from them. I think most of their audience won't understand what the fuck it is. Um, (laughs) But maybe they don't need to because Facebook's actually not rebranding. It's the holding company that's rebranding. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, you know, they've said for a long time, or at least they've made moves for a long time, that they were going to move into a more kind of um, holistic digital company, if you like. Like, you already see with Instagram, in-app shopping, it's like social commerce one-on-one um they you know they do live streams now where you can buy products in the in the live stream like qvc like they yeah. you know, love or hate facebook they are pretty much at the forefront of what is happening with the world right now um tiktok too so um, it was it it's you can speculate all you want but i think it's going to be really exciting to see what happens um and i think it's a very strategic yeah. play from um facebook whether we agree with it or not
0: yeah definitely well look we could go down a crypto and nft rabbit hole for another hour but i appreciate it. Mean, it's friday my yeah exactly i made a yeah. lot of money
1: this week so i'm very happy um, <laughs> yeah. chucked a lot of money into solana and luna and now it's all popped back up again so i'm in a really perfect good spot
0: well, you got a nice weekend up your sleeve then with, uh, with a bit of extra crypto in yeah, the bank. Yeah, not, not, not in the bank, it, you know what I mean. Not taking it yeah. out now. God, I'm going to leave yeah. that
1: for a year. Hopefully it happens what happened with Shiba. I'll be a millionaire. <laughs> you won't see me I, ever I again. Saw <laughs>
0: some, <laughs> uh, something, I saw something the other day. I was like if you'd put 11 grand in like – Eight months ago, you'd be worth $1.2 billion. Yeah, so I have, like, like, what
1: fun fact. I actually have two friends that became millionaires this week because of um, Shiba. Like, so they put in... That is mad. I think it was, they put in, like, it was a couple of hundred dollars, like, a couple of, like, months back, like, I think it was, like, January or something. They're both, they're both sitting on, like, 1.7, 1.8, <laughs> like... It's ridiculous. And I was like, I hope you cashed out. <laughs> like, yeah, obviously. At least some. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, I could talk about this all day long. I find it so interesting.
0: Well, I'll definitely get you back on for a crypto special at some point in the future. But look, I, I really appreciate you coming on, Amelia. I think that's been hugely useful to me and, and to my listeners. So thank you very much. Much appreciated.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Jason. It was a lot of fun.
0: Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I found that a really interesting conversation. I think personal branding is something that is just going to become more and more important for, for all of us, really, whether you are someone who, who works in another company, you've got a traditional career, or if you're someone who's looking to do their own thing, do their own business. So I hope you found that useful. I would really like to get some feedback from you guys. If you want to get in touch with me with with questions or with feedback, as always, you can uh, find me at my email address, Jason at jasonmountainford.com. And just want to reiterate again that the signing up for the newsletter. I'm really excited about this, right? Because um, the podcast is great to be able to to be able to share you know my thoughts with you, interviews with people that I find interesting, but having something where I can send you stuff in written form, I think is is really gonna be pretty powerful, right? So I'll be able to send you images, I'll be able to send you links of articles, I'll be able to send you loads of stuff that will help you be better with money, keep an eye on what's happening in the world of of investments of business and, and you know, even the stuff we're talking about there, about crypto and and Web3 and the metaverse and all that interesting stuff. So um, as a reminder, you can, obviously all the links to all this stuff is in the show notes below, but you can also go to thehedge.io um, at the moment that just goes straight through to the web sheet sign up uh, web, sorry, newsletter sign up um, and that would be that would be awesome And as always, if you could drop a review for the podcast, I would really appreciate that as well. That really helps me um, go up the iTunes chart and get more and more people keeping an eye on what I'm doing here and, and putting that message out. So thank you very much guys. Um, I look forward to speaking to you next week.